Welcome to the St. Andrew Sunday Morning Sermon Podcast. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you believe, or whether you even believe at all, you belong here. This morning, we are not reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Nothing wrong with Matthew, I'm just teasing. No, this morning as we begin um, our Walks of Faith Sermon series, we begin with a reading in the beginning from the book of Genesis. A lot of people don't know, but the word Genesis comes from the Hebrew word, which is pronounced Rashit, and it literally means in the beginning. The English title that we know is derived from a Greek word, Genesis, which means origin. The book is designed to fall into two main sections. You have chapters 1 through 11, which is the telling of the story of God and the whole world. And then you have part 2, which begins in chapter 12 and deals primarily with God and Abraham's family from chapters 12 through 50. This morning we begin with section 2, the call of Abram who at this point we don't know as Abraham, we know as Abram. The passage introduces us to themes of promise, and that is a theme which runs through Genesis and arguably is the unifying theme of the first five books of the Old Testament that we know as the Torah. It is a unique covenant that God makes with Abram as our journey begins. Unlike the covenants made with Moses later on where a law is attached and the benefits of the covenant are contingent on keeping that law, the covenant with Abram is really a grant. It is an unconditional promise. And interestingly, a similar covenant is made with David later on in the story in 2 Samuel chapter 7. And this serves to link Abraham with David. And so as we begin our walk of faith, Let us turn and listen to these timeless words of promise from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, go, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, the oak of Marah. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. And so he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel 
and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. May God add a blessing to the reading of this word. We are missing Rev Mark today, and we are so incredibly grateful for all the teamwork and technology that connects us. He isn't here in person because he tested positive for COVID, and luckily we recorded this uh, sermon from him on Thursday before he was experiencing any symptoms. And so today we're actually going to get to experience what the church in Eagle Valley experiences nearly every Sunday, and how great is that, right? So our thoughts, our prayers, our best wishes are with him. We certainly hope that he gets well soon. Um, and he wanted to just express to you how sorry he was. He has never missed a Sunday due to illness in the last 31 years. So this is kind of a big deal. And this was an incredibly fun Sunday to miss. So he regrets not being here, but really didn't want to infect anyone. So with that, let's hear from Rev Mark. A state trooper pulls over a car for driving too slowly on the highway. A nun sits behind the wheel. Three nuns are seated in the back. The trooper asks the driver, Sister, why were you driving so slowly? And she says, well, all the highway signs have the number 10 on them. And the trooper says, Sister, that's not the speed limit. That's the highway number. And the nun replies, Officer, please forgive me. I had no idea. The trooper notices the three nuns in the back and they're clinging to each other with utter terror on their faces. And so he asks, Sister, what's, what's wrong with the nuns in the back? And she says, I don't know, officer. They've, they've been like that ever since we turned on Highway 185 a few miles back. We're all going somewhere in life, aren't we? Some of us are going a little more slowly and reluctantly. Others perhaps a little too quickly and eagerly. Where are you going? Have you ever asked yourself, where am I going? Where is my life headed? Maybe it sounds like an unnecessarily heavy question. Some people will say, hey man, just, just go with the flow. Life is all about the journey, not the destination. And there is deep wisdom in that. We can focus so much on arriving that we can miss the joy of the journey. And yet, isn't it also true that if you don't know where you are going, just about any path will get you there. So where are you going? What path are you on? 
This summer, I walked another portion of the celebrated Camino de Santiago, the Way of St. James, as it's otherwise called. It's an historic pilgrimage trail in Spain that people from all over the world have been trekking for about 1,100 years. Walking the Camino is, for many, a form of spiritual practice, but not necessarily in the strictly religious sense. Some people walk the Camino in search of God, but others, they walk it in search of answers or epiphanies, meaning or adventure, silence or solace, or some physical, emotional breakthrough. Regardless of why they walk, they're all walking in the same direction, toward the same destination. Some walk slowly, others more quickly. Most will walk somewhere between 15 and 20 miles a day, even more. Many of them do not even know where they'll stop for the night, but all of them, in a very real sense, are walking into the unknown. So how do they know whether they're actually on the right path? Uh, Pilgrims on the Camino will look for the ubiquitous stone markers scattered every few kilometers along the trail, each displaying a yellow scallop shell above a simple arrow that points the way toward the destination. To walk the Camino, you don't need a map or a GPS. You only need to keep your eyes open to look for these simple, ordinary signs. Not every path will get you to Santiago. You must pay attention following that yellow arrow. And the beauty of the Camino, the wisdom that it teaches us, is that you can actually make the whole journey that way. Just look for the next arrow and keep walking. So it is with life. Have you ever thought there might be something like divine arrows scattered along the pathway of your life, calling you to some destination, some purpose, some mission or adventure, little hints or whispers, signs just waiting for you to notice. If so, maybe the story of Abram and Sarai will speak to you. It's a story about two people called by God for some greater purpose, and it's an epic story, not just because of its historic impact for the Hebrew people, but because of the highly unlikely conditions under which it occurs. In the story, Abram and Sarai, who later become known as Abraham and Sarah, are called by God to leave their country and kindred and journey to an unknown land that God will show them. God promises that once they arrive at their destination, they'll start a family that will one day become a great nation. But God's proposal is fraught with problems. First, the land God promises to give them is actually already occupied. In the land of Canaan, there are already Canaanites. And it seems pretty unlikely that the Canaanites will just say, oh, you'd like to live here now? Well, just give us a moment and we'll start packing. Second, and this is the more concerning detail, Abram and Sarah, Sarai have, have run up the miles on their odometer, so to speak. They're 75 years old, and I'm not saying that's old. I'm just saying that when you're 75, you take the baby for a day, maybe for the weekend, but by Sunday night, you're ready to clock out, right? But despite these challenges, they go anyway. 
They answer the call of God. They walk into the unknown, into impossible odds and a future full of risk and uncertainty. They have no idea where God's little arrows are pointing them to go. They have no clear path for what they'll do once they arrive. And they have no certainty that any of this is going to work out. And yet, they go. Now, if you're assuming that there's some kind of biblical superheroes or extraordinary believers or that they possess some unique credentials for a successful mission, let me remind you that none of this is the case. We know nothing of Abram up to this point in the Bible except that he's a descendant of Noah. And we know nothing of Sarai except that she's actually unable to bear children. So they have no religious resume to speak of. They have no diplomatic experience in nation building. Their over-under on actually having children is absolutely zero. And they just bought a two-bedroom apartment at that senior living community. Nobody would call any of this a formula for success. So why is God calling them, of all people, to journey through the desert into an already occupied hostile land to start a whole new nation? And how in their right mind could they have possibly said yes? Maybe the clue is in the divine call itself. Did you hear what God says when he calls Abram and Sarai? God says, go to the land that I will show you. I will bless you and make your people into a great nation. They will be blessed by you all the families of the earth. Within this divine call are three of the most indispensable needs in the heart of every human. Three needs we all long for. If we try to live without them, we'll never thrive. If we try to journey through life without them, we'll never really arrive. Three human needs which this divine call promises to satisfy. Place, people, and purpose. These are the three arrows scattered along the pathway of our lives, leading each of us to that destination in which we will find true happiness and meaning and fulfillment. We can't live without them, place, and people, and purpose. Everyone needs a place. If I asked you where home is for you, you might name a place from your childhood or a favorite vacation destination. Maybe the house you live in right now or a room in that house where when you go there, all is well. The story of Abram and Sarai reminds us that home isn't where you come from. It's where you belong. And we've all been in places and spaces in the world where we felt out of place like we didn't belong Maybe that's because what we believed or how we saw the world or what we'd done in the past didn't make it safe to be our true selves there. Maybe it's because for some intangible reason, we just didn't feel at home there. Maybe we felt anxious or empty, insecure or even afraid. Or maybe it's because that, that place just became too familiar to us and the rhythms and routines of life got so ordinary that it felt like every single day was just like another Monday. 
and our world grew monotonous and monochrome. Or maybe it's because we became too familiar with two others in that place. We became so familiar that our own potential for being so much more was stunted or even discouraged. And our world made us so small that we just stopped growing. Maybe something like this was the case for Abram and Sarai. Whatever it was, God perceived that they had so much more in the tank. They'd outgrown Haran, the only place they'd ever really known. They had more to offer the world. And by leaving Haran, their whole world was enlarged enough to receive whatever they had to give. Sometimes you have to leave a place or a community to find home. Sometimes you have to stay put and make a home out of wherever you happen to be. One way to know the difference is to ask yourself, am I living deeply in this place? Or am I, for some reason, reason living above this place? To live deeply in a place is to desire to pour yourself into it, into the needs and hurts and hopes and dreams of that place. You always know your home when with joy you want to give yourself to it. Now, too many moderns today are living above place. They never get involved. They never put down roots that bear fruit in their communities. They harvest, but they don't plant. And they're never at home. Abram and Sarai are called to a place called Canaan. And they pour themselves into it. And nothing in Canaan will ever be the same because they lived there. God also calls them to expand their people. Who are your people? Everyone needs people with whom to feel a sense of belonging. Some of us find that belonging within our biological families. Others find it among friends or colleagues or through relationships in the church. In this story, Abram and Sarai are called to leave behind their extended family in order to pursue the divine call. And this is a radical departure from the Mesopotamian culture that valued loyalty to tribe over everything else. For some moderns, it's impossible to imagine leaving behind your closest kin in pursuit of some calling. In fact, it's often perceived as betrayal. It feels selfish. It, it's sometimes considered disloyal or ungrateful. So for some, leaving home is fraught with deep guilt and grief. It's like when the disciples come to Jesus one day and they say, Hey, Jesus, drop everything. Your mother and brothers, they need to speak with you right now. And Jesus says, who are my mother and my brothers? And you could hear the gasps of disbelief. How could Jesus be so disloyal? For some people, the cords of belonging can be so tightly woven that to never leave home can start to feel like bondage. And the human spirit always suffers whenever our commitment to loyalty supersedes our deep longing to pursue the divine call or to make meaning in the world, or to flourish. Abram is told to leave behind his extended family as he embarks on his journey. But here's the catch. We've already been told that his wife is barren. 
And this is where the story gets really weird, even maybe PG-13. <laughs> After Abram leaves, he will eventually have two sons, but with two different women. Ishmael with Hagar, Isaac with Sarah, as well as several rarely remembered children with a third woman, Keturah, and some unnamed concubines. I'm just reporting the facts here, but if you can resist the temptation to moralize these scandalous details, what it really means is that the history of the whole world depended on Abram's willingness to expand his tribe and to grow his circle. And so it is with you and me. Loneliness is literally killing us in the modern world. Today, 61% of all Americans report feeling lonely. 49% have three or, three or fewer close friends. 12% have no close friends at all. Women, on average, have more close friends than men. Young people, on average, have fewer close friends than seniors. And the fewer close friends we have, the more likely we are to suffer from depression, anxiety, heart disease, cancer, and suicide. All of which means that along life's path, when we ignore that little yellow arrow pointing us to people, calling us to expand our tribe, we will never make it home. We'll never arrive. Place people and that third longing that God promises to satisfy for Abram and Sarai is purpose. To have purpose is to wake up every morning knowing what your business is. I'm not necessarily talking about what you do 9 to 5. I'm talking about how you do what you do from 9 to 5. I'm talking about having the awareness that wherever you are in whatever moment you are in, you are a vessel, a channel of God's blessing to the entire world. Abram is given an important purpose. He is to be a channel of God's blessings to the entire world. Genesis 12, 3 says, literally, they will be blessed by you, all the families of the earth. I mean, talk about pressure. Blessing all the families of the earth? From that point on, no one could ever say to Abram, hey, lighten up, Abe. Um, stop acting like the whole world depends on you. Some translations change the verb form in this word blessing from the passive to the active form so that it reads something like they will find blessing in you or even they shall bless themselves. But that translation lets all of us off the hook. It takes the responsibility of blessing others out of our hands and puts the burden of being blessed back on the world. God says they will be blessed by you. This is now Abram's responsibility, and it is ours. It asks us, what are we doing to actively bless others? Not just our families, not just our tribe, but all the families of the earth. Isn't this the hardest part of the divine call to fulfill? Because the world can feel so big, and you can't bless everyone. And we want to know, where does it ever end? But maybe the real question is, where does it begin? Years ago, 
while serving my very first church in California, I was heading out the door on my way to lunch when Joe walked into my office. Joe had come by a few times before. He was a carpenter, and he was homeless. And I remember thinking to myself, is this a joke? A homeless carpenter walks into a church? Joe was between jobs. He came asking, can you spot me some cash so I can eat this week? Joe never asked for more than he needed. I gave him some money. We talked briefly. I prayed with him. He left. Then I climbed into my car, and I went to lunch. And I worked on my sermon over lunch on the Good Samaritan. And as I was eating my sandwich at the deli, it suddenly occurred to me. I just missed the call of God. I gave some money, but I didn't give a blessing. I solved the problem, but I didn't love a person. I could have had lunch with Joe. I I forgot what my purpose really was. Do you know what your purpose is? The divine voice says to all of us every day, go to the land that I will show you. I will bless you and make your people into a great nation. and They will be blessed by you, all the families of the earth. Three little arrows on our life's path, place, people, and purpose. Takeaways for today, find your place, expand your tribe, and live your purpose. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like more information about our church or our vision to eradicate social isolation and disconnection by practicing the faithful presence of the incarnate Christ, please visit GoStAndrew.com. See you next week.